Hi, and welcome to On and Off, our podcast covering the on-premise and off-premise beverage alcohol industry. I'm Melissa Dowling, editor of Cheers. And I'm Kyle Swartz, editor of Beverage Dynamics Magazine. Today, we're going to be talking about beverage trends for 2023. And our guest today for that is Andrew Freeman, founder of the San Francisco-based agencies AF & Co. and Carbonet. AF & Co. is a lifestyle marketing and media relations firm, and Carbonate is its brand strategy and creative services partner. The two collaborate on an annual hospitality trends report that we at Cheers look forward to every year. And we're going to dig a little deeper into the beverage trends from that today. So welcome, Andrew, and thanks for being here. Hi, how are you? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It's a gloomy, rainy day here in San Francisco, so it's almost it's 10 o'clock and it's time for a cocktail. <laughs> yeah. We're, it's gloomy here on the east coast it's one ish so i think it's more appropriate for us but you know <laughs> yeah it's not particularly better here in connecticut but congratulations on 15 years of the thank you report. yeah we're very 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 proud i still can't believe it's been 15 years uh it's been uh, a labor of love for sure and uh this year's report really has been resonating so uh we're very proud of it that's fantastic. And speaking of that report, uh, your drink of the year is seafood cocktails. And I, I'm, I'm meant to believe that does not mean clam chowder, martinis, <laughs> well, but <laughs> coastal <good>. beverages. <laughs> oh, thank you. Coastal beverages that embrace oceanic flavors and ingredients, often with eye-catching garnishes. Can you tell me a little bit more about this trend and why you think it's going to be a big hit this year? You know, you know, every year, you know, you're, this industry is so creative, as you know, and every year I, I feel that there's always something that makes it into cocktails, whether, you know, last year, I, in the years past, it's been full item utilization, you know, kitchen cocktails, you know, it's been Bloody Marys with crazy garnishes. But this year in doing a lot of our research, um, you know, our team saw the use of just, you know, flavors from the sea or just in, you know, infusions. And, um, you know, that could be anything from some sort of Clamato juice or clam water. It can be the use of caviar in cocktails, the use of oysters, you know. Um, and then, you know, obviously, even with the Bloody Marys, which continue to run presence, they definitely have a sense of, you know, garnishes that are coming directly from the sea. Uh, some of the examples in the report, as you probably saw, show those sort of garnishes and, you um, and, and, you know, we just really enjoyed, we, we thought this trend was really right on. So one of your food trends is ubi. Am I saying that right? Ube. Ube, sorry. So it's a bright purple sweet potato that's used in a lot of Filipino desserts. And I've already been seeing it in quite a few drinks this past year, you know, usually paired with rum and coconut flavors. So why do you think that ube's having a moment? You know, um, you know, it's interesting. There, well, first of all, I think over the years, the infusion of uh, flavors that are coming from the Philippines, Asia, in general, it seems like, you know, Europe had its moment and it still always will, but now Asian flavors are really coming, you know, to the forefront. And, um, and for this one, I think because it is a, uh, you know, a sweet potato, like it, it has such a beautiful color and a taste that, um, you know, <laughs> we can thank our friends at Instagram, uh, you know, for <laughs> always, always <laughs> you know, for always, you know, trying to, um, you know, trying to, trying to find something that's going to, uh, you know, bring new color and new texture to the, um, to the forefront. And this year, uh, Ube, 
definitely did that. And it was interesting because it wasn't just in, uh, as you know, it wasn't just in food, but it was in cocktails. Uh, last year it was butterfly, uh, oh gosh. Uh, butterfly pea powder. Pea, pea flower, right, you know, and that gave a purple, a beautiful purple color mm. that I think, you know, people really, you know, they just enjoy it. And, and I guess now like that sense of you eat and drink with your eyes mm. is really clear. So, you know, when you find a, a, a flavor like ube, or, you know, an ingredient like ube, you know, it's for sure in our industry, which is extremely creative, that uh, it'll show up, you know, and uh, in, in the trend report, you saw everything from that cocktail that we featured from the, um, I'm, I'm, yeah, I have to, I have to pull up the report because I can't read uh, <laughs> you know, my eyes, even with glasses, <laughs> but the Baldwin bar in uh, Massachusetts was, there was a great cocktail in the report. And then we also had, you know, the a great breakfast dish and uh, and one of our clients here in San Francisco, Senior Sizik, which is Filipino inspired, definitely uh, introduced ube horchata. You know, they use churros. So, you know, I think the color really uh, and the texture and, you know, just the overall deliciousness of the of the ingredient made it. Absolutely. You know, you made an Instagram comment and that's something I always think about. I cover more uh, off premise. So the liquor stores, and it drives me crazy every time I see a product that comes in where I just know the label's not going to work on Instagram. I see yeah. this a lot with whiskeys where they'll, you know, you, you'll try to take a photograph of them and the glare is horrible off the bottle and it obfuscates the uh, the label or the way that the uh, colors of the label just do not work well with the brown color of the whiskey. I mean, I can think of certain brands, I don't name offhand, but I, I think they sit on the shelf because they're just not Instagram made. And again, it's like, did you not, did nobody think to take a photograph of this and put it on social media before they, or at least check it out for social media before they uh, release these bottles. Well, I, mean, I will tell you this, you know, it, you know, it's hard, right. Cause it's a, it's a whole new world and you have to think about all that now when you're, you know, when you're packaging, when you're like, you know, we had, a, you know, in our trend report, we talk about, you know, the trends in packaging and the trends in simplicity of packaging. And, you know, the 15 years ago, you know, to put it in perspective, we, um, we, our report launched one year after the iPhone, just to put it in perspective, social media was really, you know, basic. Like I think Facebook had just come onto the scene. So, you know, over the 15 years, you can see the impact of social media and the importance of great uh, photography, uh, to your point, Kyle, great, you know, gr great color, great uh, plating, you know, or, you know, in this case, you know, the right glassware. Mm -hmm. So everything, you know, I think now chefs, restaurateurs, marketers, they all need to be looking at how they're going to present through, through very different lenses, if you will. Absolutely. You know, I think uh, I didn't want to name brands. I think you're doing it wrong because I'm not here to call anybody out, but I'll tell you a brand that I think does a very good job is Smoke Wagon uh, Whiskey, you know, which by the way, it's just sourcing MGP like everybody else, but their branding is phenomenal. It shows up wonderfully on social mm -hmm. media. And the gentleman who owns that brand does a great job of representing his lifestyle, his Las Vegas lifestyle. Absolutely. On Instagram. <laughs> so I, I think, you know, that's a reason why that brand has caught fire the way it has. Um, I yeah. wanted to ask you about another trend before we go too far down the social media rabbit hole here. Uh, and the whiskey rabbit hole. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. Melissa makes fun. Every single podcast. Is that an endorsement for rabbit whiskey. hole? Okay. I didn't mean it. It came out so wrong. <laughs> Another brand that does great social media. Uh, okay. Shout out to Cavia and the team over at Rabbit Hole. Oh, oh God. Now I've done it. <laughs> That's right. Invite me back, please. Uh, another trend I wanted to talk about is the, uh, the low and uh, no ABV movement and all the non-alcoholic options that are now entering the market. You know, bartenders like to work with these products when making non-alcoholic drinks with diverse flavor profiles, 
But retailers have said to me uh, that these spirits can be a tougher sell for consumers at the off-premise channel. Do you see more consumers making these drinks at home? Yeah, I definitely do. You know, it's interesting. Uh, we're, we're sort of in dry January right now, you know, which, you know, some of the world thinks it's a, just a marketing thing. But honestly, the it's sort of like what happened in the... Um, in the vegan plant-based movement with food, which, you know, we had in our report a few years ago, and then, you know, now it was a trend and now it's just a part of the restaurant's lifestyle. Um, you know, you can't go into a restaurant and, you know, in the old days, you would ask for a vegetarian or vegan dish and the, you know, the kitchen would put together the vegetables from five different sets created on a plate and call that their vegetarian option. Now, the, um, you know, now when you go to a restaurant, the, there's, I'd say probably a good 30% of the menu is based on plant, you know, or, or uh, vegan. And they're, and they're not just for the people that want to eat that way. They're just delicious. I think with NA or uh, free spirited cocktails, as we've been calling them, you know, you find that again, it's, you know, it might've had a little bit of a negative connotation because there was this sort of sense of, well, you know, it's for people that might have selected to not drink because they were dealing with something or mm. something was going on. But now it's just like, hey, I want to go out and I don't necessarily want to have, uh, you know, an alcoholic cocktail tonight. So now the, um, you know, creative bartenders are doing really creative cocktail. You know, I'm not a big fan of the term mocktail because I, I, I always feel like, what's it mocking? Like, you're not yeah. mocking anything. You know, you're like, it's just, you know, you're just doing a, a creative drink without the use of alcohol. So I, I'm I'm on a personal quest to lose the word mocktail and go for mm. NA or free spirited or, you know, because you also don't want. And the other thing that I think is really important is, you know, you don't want it to, to seem like somebody might have a problem if they choose to drink one of these drinks. Exactly. Right. So uh, I think what what happened in the plant based category with food is now happening in the NA category. And you're going to see more and more of this. When I go to a restaurant now or a bar, if I don't see a section of NA cocktails or NA drinks, and I'll say, do you have something? And I'll get this answer of, oh, you know, the, oh, well, so our bartender is creative. They'll put something together for you. Well, you know, in the old days, it used to be like, take five fruit juices and throw <laughs> some you know, soda water in and call it, a, you know, call mm -hmm. it your mocktail. So I think this area is becoming very prevalent for people that just want more choices. There was, you know, now, interestingly enough, there was an article yesterday in the New York Times, I believe about a $20 non-alcoholic cocktail. Um, and, and the way I look at it is like, they should be priced at the same pricing as your uh, cocktails mm -hmm. are, provided you're using premium ingredients, mm -hmm. you know, whether it be one of the new products like Liars or, you know, something from, you know, these uh, spirit-free companies that are creating really interesting wines and uh, spirits. And uh, and so I, I do believe that this category is on the rise. There's bars now that are just completely NA and there's actually uh, wine shops that are opening with NA products only. I do. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think variety is the, is the king here. And I think if you, you know, if you're a drinker that drinks in moderation, having this option for, you know, a Monday you know, or a Tuesday, <laughs> you know, is a good thing. So I definitely, I'm very excited about this one. And I think there's more and more products, as you probably know, that are coming onto the scene that are, are really well crafted, you know, the, and then the low ABV, like the hard ciders and, you know, I, I also think have, have a place. So I love this because I think it's just balancing out the menus and it's balancing out the way people want to live.
Yeah, totally agreed on all fronts and everything you said. And I've mentioned this on the podcast before, and you alluded to it as well. But it does seem like the uh, there's been a shift in the social attitudes towards non-alcoholic drinks. And, and good, I'm, obviously, I'm certainly in favor of all this. The point now where it's, just, it's socially acceptable to get a non-alcoholic drink when you go out. Nobody thinks, oh, why isn't this person drinking? What's wrong with them? Now right. it's fine. You're just getting another drink. It's no different than ordering a soda. Uh, and, you know, and just again, to uh, back up something else you said, yeah, the quality of these products have improved dramatically in the past yes. four or five years. You drink and it's across wine, spirits, beer. You drink these products now and they taste so much like the regular thing that, yeah, like you said, it makes sense to charge the same amount of money because the quality is exactly the same, Absolutely. whether or not there's alcohol in there. The quality has risen significantly. And uh, just one more uh, point to make here is, again, I'm just uh, you know saying that I agree with everything you said. You know, for instance, my wife, who was pregnant last year uh, before having our, our child, you know, obviously was not drinking while she was pregnant. I was having non-alcoholic options when we went out to uh, nice bars and restaurants in the Connecticut area, you know, and after she had the kid, my wife's not a huge drinker to begin with. She continues to order the non-alcoholic yeah. products because they taste great. And she doesn't want to have to, you know, she has a glass of wine. She doesn't, maybe doesn't want to have something else that's alcoholic. And yeah. yeah. And so you, you see the mixology, excuse me, the, um, <clears throat> the non-alcoholic uh, parts on more of the menus, more of the mixology menus, more and more. And I, I, they're certainly here to stay totally. Yeah. And, that, and my tip there would be like, if you're not doing it, you're missing out because, you know, there's sometimes it could be uncomfortable to ask if there's something that you can make non-alcoholic, just give people the choice. And, you know, um, and, and I think people will be really surprised about um, how many guests will take advantage of it. You know, like the other night I was out on Friday night and we were doing a bar tour so by the third stop, I was like, okay, you know, like, uh, you know, this is work and I don't want to, you know, get messy. So, um, and, you know, I happened to go to a great bar called Bergerac in San Francisco, and I was blown away by their, uh, their really lovely selection of non-alcoholic options. Well, one thing that I'm seeing is places will have offered their signature cocktail in a non-alcoholic version. Absolutely. So it looks the exact same. It tastes pretty close, but just, you know, no proof. Yeah. And I, you know, and again, from me, from a marketing point of view and from a sale, pure sales point of view, it's just another option and it's not going to cost you much more. Like it won't cost the restaurant much more to have this section because, you know, they might have to bring in a few of these great products, but again, it's also a point of discovery for people because a lot of people don't necessarily know that there are companies that are creating spirits you know non-alcoholic spirits that either mimic you know the flavors of your favorite gin or vodka or bourbon um so you still get that that really good flavor balance and profile it's just it doesn't have alcohol in it right so this next trend is really all on premise sorry kyle but um shaken stirred and table side you know you say that the pent-up demand for the presentation and flair of an expertly prepared drink, you know, and for experiences really to entertain mm -hmm. is fueling this trend, you know, I, and we are, I'm already seeing a rise in, in drinks that are finished table side. Can you elaborate on why this, this is yes, coming back? Is, you know, this, and this was a, a central tone of the whole report that after, you know, the two, almost three years of being pent up, people are making choices to go back out. You know, I would also say the younger people, younger than me, you know, the Gen Ys, the Gen Zs that are, you know, when they go, when they go out, they want to be part of the experience. They want to, in, they want to understand more about the experience and they want to be entertained. And, you know, we talked a lot about in the report about value, you know, perception of value. 
um, you know, that now with the economic conditions and everything that people are, they still want to spend and they still want to enjoy. They just want to know that they're getting, I, I don't want to say discounts, but they want to know that the value of what they're ordering is there. And the table side piece of that adds an element of, you know, finish or finesse and fun, and they can interact with the person who's making the cocktail. There's a little more interaction. And then I will go back to the popularity of reels and social media now. So, you know, nine out of 10 times, if you're doing something table side, somebody's filming it Mm. and it's going to end up on their Instagram or on their, in one of their reels, because again, they're showcasing a fun thing that they did at that restaurant. So, you know, I do think that, you know, you know, listen, it's not easy because, you know, we have, we have obviously, you know, that the restaurants are also a little plagued by staffing challenges. Right. So Mm -hmm. I always say, don't do table side if you can't do it right, you know, finish it off or bring a presentation to the table. That is an ooh and ah moment. We had, you know, cocktails for a crowd was another one of our trends, which was these really interesting vessels that show up at your table so that there's almost a sense of that you can get involved in the process because you, you know, they'll, they'll place the uh, beautiful, you know, canteen on the table and then you can serve yourselves. And, you know, so I think it's just, you know, re- you know in the old days, I would have called this entertainment, you know, like, but that was sort of when Planet Hollywoods were, you know, kind of big and, you know, you were being wowed by what was around you. And there was like, you know, uh, shows, if you will, but now it's definitely focused on the way things are presented to you. And it's not just in the cocktail world, it's table side. It's like, you know, interestingly enough, everything old is new again. Mm. And so if you remember like steakhouses that used to do table side Caesars and all of that, well, you know, for a while there, everything just went on hold. And now those things are coming back and, you know, things that are finished off of the table, desserts, cocktails, food, People just love it. They love to be part of the experience. Yeah, right, I'm always a big. Right. I was, gonna say, I was big... just going to say, shut up, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> um, Il Molino in New York. I don't know if you're familiar with it, Andrew, yeah. but been around a million years, and they do so many tableside things from like Parmesan Reggiano carving and pasta sauces and so on, but. They've had a grappa tableside grappa service, you know, for like more than 40 years where they have a big ice block and it's on a cart yeah, yeah. and they pour the grappa in. And, um, you know, they're saying that the whole TikTok generation is discovering it. Absolutely. You know, this ancient yeah. place yeah. that is now becoming really cool for. And you know what? And the funny service. thing about it is if it's truly a signature item, people will pay more for it. Mm, you yes. know, because, uh, you know, when you go to that, you know, I always say if restaurants and bars, they, you know, like I always say, what are the gotta haves? Like <laughs> when I go here, I got to have this, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, each, I, every restaurant, every bar should have at least two to three of those. Uh, like, wow, that came through the dining room and I want it now. And so, you know, the, in, in the cocktail world, I think these are these table side presentations are becoming those gotta haves. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, what I was going to say before Melissa rudely interrupted me, uh, <laughs> I was going to point out, that's right, that's right. I was going to point out, um, I, I feel like smoked cocktails are an easy way to accomplish this. It, it doesn't seem terribly hard to get one of those setups or you smoke a cocktail table side and people go crazy. Everyone films it, everyone smells it. Uh, and then they want to order it as well. I mean, I've certainly filmed a million of these and put them on social media myself. So yeah, I always yeah. feel like those are uh, a good example of that. And you know, you ba- it's, a, it's, all, it's a world of balance, right? You balance that out with the simplicity of just a great 
bourbon, you know, a great gin, you know, so, uh, you know, variety, variety, like, and, but, you know, I think you're right, Kyle. I mean, I've, I've smoked cocktails, made the report a few years back, but, you know, just that sense of like, when you lift the glass, you know, I was at a bar the other day where they literally lit the cocktail on fire table side, you know, and, you know, of course we were all we all had our cameras out <laughs> and you know um and so i think that I, this is an opportunity right you know for uh for for bars and restaurants that just say hey i, I need to might raise my check average a little bit let's do something like super creative that we know everybody's going to want yeah uh, i wanted sure. to ask you just uh, digging into the uh, list of trends here that we were going to ask you about um i want to actually ask you about finished long drink I bring this up just because a lot of the alcohol shows I go to through the years and years and years, they were always there. The long drink was always there. I've been drinking it for a long, long time. And always thought, oh, this is great. No one's ever going to drink it because they're not going to know what it is. But now all of a sudden, it seems like that has caught on a little bit better. Do you have do you have some reason for why the long drink is finally having this moment? You know, um, I think, well, I'll actually use the pandemic in a positive way. You know, because I think people people had a little more time to research and look into cool new products and things that were on that, you know, that might not have been, you know, on the scene here, you know, and I think the long drink was one of those. I'll say also that the popularity of hard seltzers and, uh, you know, sort of led the way for this. And so, again, just like every year, you know, discerning drinkers are, are looking for something new. Um, and so, you know, they discovered it. And I think that the distribution honestly just became more, it was easier mm. to get. And, and if you look at the one that we have in our report, the, again, I think the appeal of the packaging and the fact that it's a canned drink, yep. which makes life a lot easier, you know, canned cocktails were big, as you mm. know. So, you know, every, this is an, I'd say this, the reason it's become popular now is it's evolved. And the, the fact that you can now have a uh, gin. Oh, and then I'll throw in that highballs, you know, are having their moment now too. Like in, in the report, we talked about a highball machine uh, at uh, one of our clients, Tetra Hotel. But you can see the, um, the, and that machine can serve, you know, you can infuse, it's, you can make these highballs and then infuse them with 12 different versions or flavors. And so there's, I, I'd say simplicity in drinking, uh, Kyle, would be one of the reasons why uh, the long drink might be having its moment. It's easy. It, you know, it tastes good. It's refreshing, you know, and um, I think, you know, maybe the, the graduates of the White Claws, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> the you next know, step. <laughs> they're, they're growing up. You know? <laughs> well, I think also it is the, the simplicity is balancing some of the colorful, complex things because it's like the popularity of ranch water, right? Yeah. And also like the long drink, if you know it, there's sort of a bit of history where it, where it came from. Um, so it's crafty yet simple and easy yeah. in there. I would also say that people, you know, it's fun when you discover the long drink and then you can uh, showcase it to your friends, you know, like, so I think there's this little sense of like, I discovered this and now I'm going to share it with my friends. Right. You know, right. Um, I'm not I, drinking gin. No, you got to try it. Like, yeah, oh, right. yeah. Yeah. I turned yeah, them yeah. on. To or this. it shows up at a party or it shows up at, you know, uh, something, you know, somebody who's a little, who's into it a little bit more starts to introduce it to the, their friends, you know? Yeah, exactly. Well, I feel like we barely scratched the surface of the trends, but that's 
probably all the time we have for today. So I want to say thank you, Andrew, so much for joining us. Um, where can people find a copy of, of the Trends Report? Yeah, they can go to either www.afnco, uh, all spelled out.com or, or www.carbonategroup.com. And you just go to insights and you'll see the trend report and then enter your email and you can download the report. Fantastic. <clears throat> Definitely everybody do that. I'll make sure to put those uh, links in the description of this podcast as well. So if you're listening to this, you probably have already seen those, but if you haven't yet, check them out in the uh, description of this podcast. And thank you again to everybody for listening to another episode of On and Off. Please do join us next time when we'll be talking about yet another fascinating topic that spans the retail and restaurant worlds. Until then, cheers. 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 If you enjoyed the On and Off podcast, please hit the subscribe button. Also, you can find more great content at cheersonline.com and beveragedynamics.com, including recipes, product reviews, and interviews with the movers and shakers of the beverage alcohol industry. You can also sign up for our free weekly e-newsletters for both publications on our websites. Cheers. <laughs>